Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit BrumRadio.com. I'm Dave Massey. I'm joined on the telephone by Samantha Fitzgibbons, who is author of her new book called Happy State, which was published on the 8th of July. Uh, good afternoon, Samantha. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us about your brand new novel today. Um, the, the novel was published just over a month ago. Can you tell our audience uh, a little bit about what this book is about? Yeah, of course I can. It's a dystopian novel mm-hmm. and it's set in the year 2029 and essentially it's set in a broken United Kingdom. And in um, steps a new government who aptly sort of entitle um, what was the United Kingdom, the happy state. And it's with a view to placing well-being, health, general happiness at the, the fore of the agenda. So they're sort of promising to 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 put that you know as a priority to look after their people um but obviously it all sounds lovely but then being a dystopian novel um they have to you know they have to be dark overtones of course um and so the objective is to actually eradicate mental illness in all of its forms um laugh a minute um and uh, it's sort of with a view basically to creating a purest happy race mm-hmm. um which is un- unbeknownst to, to to many of the people um over time of course we we meet a resistance group we meet people that start to realize what's going on um so it's not a comedy it doesn't have to be a comedy does it no of course it doesn't of course <laughs> it doesn't um I, I just noticed that so many of the, the the sort of big books these days seem to be very sort of uplifting and you know yes. certainly for mental health they're very uplifting and how to create a better you and and you know so this can uh, the title you know it's uh, it's quite misleading. <laughs> but do you, do you think that and uh, without getting too deep into mental health discussions, yeah. do you think that because mental health uh, issues have previously been seen by people as a as, as a weakness or a paranoia that they're seen as a weakness do you think that really feeds into people's uh, fears in this way yeah abs- of course absolutely i mean the bizarre thing is when i started writing this book it was actually in 2015 that i started mm-hmm. it as, as a project mental health was was it wasn't talked about it was still very much taboo yes um and as the book continued as i started to take it more seriously I did notice that, that mental health became, you know, a lot of sort of uh, huge ambassadors came up, uh, came came forward and started speaking about it. And I noticed it was starting to grow and, and, and build and people were sort of being given a voice to talk about it. But I think the stigma gave an immense fear. And I think that still exists now, to be honest. I think there's so many people that are certainly men dare I say that I think are, are still very scared to speak up about things because of, well, the stigma of being a man mm-hmm. with, you know, with a weakness, shall we say, which we know it isn't a weakness at all. But uh, unfortunately, not everybody views it, views it that way. And people have been giving you feedback already for their thoughts towards the book. Um, are, are you able to share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm over the moon. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was absolutely terrified. Mm-hmm. People were saying to me, you know, this is the most exciting time now. The book's going out there and, and this is it, you know, and. Oh, God, for me, it was the most terrifying aspect because I thought this is judgment. (laughs) This is where all the hard work I've put into it could really, uh, you know, it could all just go terribly wrong. But, uh, oh, gosh, feedback wise, I'm over the moon. I really, really am. People are just, you know, I'm getting wonderful compliments about the writing style, um, which is which is probably um, the 
the biggest thing for me because if someone doesn't like your story, you're not gonna you're not gonna appeal to everybody. It's never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's very subjective. If someone doesn't like a story, then so be it. We all pick up a book and think it's not for me. But I think if if they like your writing style, I think that's the biggest compliment that you could um, that you could ever receive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Over the moon, and, uh, and 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 one of the main ones that people are saying, I've I've sort of treated mental illness very delicately, mm-hmm. um, and and that that has you know been a wonderful compliment. And that and that must resonate then with the audience that's reading it as well. Certainly, I I I found I found um, I used to work wander around bookshops. I used to work in bookshops, and I used to wander around them, and the cover of a book would be the first thing that you see about it uh, and, and the design yeah. of the cover. Uh, and we're in the, the day and the age where you might hear about a book on, on social media through uh, Instagram or Twitter or or wherever, and you might hear about it before you see the cover. How much um, uh, emphasis do you think that you're placing on branding these days versus if we if this book had been published perhaps Ten years ago or twenty years ago. I think, given that we now have social media, I think you can put a message out there so much more efficiently. Um, so I think, from from what you, you said initially about how um, you know people who haven't seen a cover, um, I, I think just talking about mental illness and appealing to people that have had some form of anxiety or depression, mm-hmm. I think you can absolutely um, put the message out there and say to people, "I've actually written a book that is based on my." And it is. It's based on my own personal journey. That's where it was born. Um, and immediately people um, find interest in that. They don't need to see any visuals. They don't need to see a front cover. Um, mm-hmm. I think there will always be an element of walking into a book bookshop, and I still do it myself, and thinking, oh, that's a sparkly, glitzy, lovely cover. Um, yeah. And, you know, you pick it up and you read it, and maybe it's not for you. Um I think more often than not, it's actually not for you. <laughs> it's the cover just stands out. But... um but yeah, I think social media gives you that platform to to really um, sort of brand it through the topic itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly mental illness for me is, is a very leading topic um, in, a, in a fictional way, of course, um, but based on, on, on truth. And I think that that has luckily um, appealed to, to a lot of people. When, when I talk to... Uh authors about their the the process and the life of a, a particular book and from uh, sort of the conception of the book to the publishing to the to doing the publicity uh, to then going forward and reflecting on how how every part of that journey happened um is there another book within you that you would bring to the surface in the future absolutely Absolutely. I, my plan is for Happy State to be part of a series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got I've actually got three in mind. Uh, that's inclusive of, of the one that's been released. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't write it with a view to make to necessarily taking it seriously. But now I've written it. I've fallen so in love with the characters Brilliant. and the journey um, that now I've already got. You know, I had so many thoughts and I was like, I can't put this into this book because the book is going to be, it's it's just going to be an epic. It's going to be like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It's going to be ridiculous amount of pages. And I thought, I, I can't do that. So it was sort of making notes and thinking, right, I've got to have a second book here to, for the overflow. Um, so, yes, most certainly there is a, there is more, certainly in this series. Absolutely. 
Do you, do you think that having Birmingham as uh, with, with these, as, as you just mentioned with Lord of the Rings, do you think with with Birmingham having these literary figures surrounding it, like the connections with with Tolkien and uh, I, I know there's a like Arthur Conan Doyle connection for Sherlock Holmes and those sorts of things. Do you, do you think that um, imp- impacts in uh, the way that Birmingham is perceived? Uh, it and maybe its authors are perceived, or do you think there's a, a distance between um, how how you write about things and uh, the background uh, that you bring to them? I think I, I think there's always the element of, of of you know we've got wonderful history and we've we've got new emerging authors. I mean, you've got pe- people like Kit DeWall who is mm-hmm. is absolutely. Um, she's absolutely flying and she's her work is wonderful and she's bringing you know about diversity and equality and she's bringing that to the fore now and i think um it's opening birmingham up uh as as a much more creative place than than you know what we necessarily have uh have been before i know years ago yeah, being involved in acting years ago, I remember being frustrated thinking, we're the second capital and there was so little going on in Birmingham. You yes. had to be in London. Mm-hmm. Even Manchester, uh, sometimes Leeds, there, there were so many things going on in those places. Yeah. Yet Birmingham, I used to just be tearing my hair out thinking, why is there so little going on in Birmingham? And I think certainly with the Birmingham Literature Festival, which is uh, coming around in, in October, mm-hmm. um, I think I think it's just going to sort of feed our history, yeah. and, and and it's just going to you know we're just going to have an even richer story to tell. Um, and I just think it's lovely that we, we're starting to really, really progress as a creative um, city, which is lovely. It's wonderful to hear about as well, absolutely. And just just hearing that the the vibe that's in the city and being in the city, particularly over this August, uh, is just so fantastic. And I think people are giving us a different look at the moment uh, and saying maybe they didn't really know what we were as a city and what was available uh, to them as a city as well. Can I ask you a little bit about the publisher, uh, Crystal Peak? Uh, What sort of, uh, at what point did you go to them and say, I've got the potential to do this book? Uh, And uh, what, what did they say back to you? Oh gosh, it's it's yeah, it was it's such a, a hairy, awful part of the process mm-hmm. that it's, it's a necessity. But I don't think any writer would say, "Oh, it's really good fun, like contacting <laughs> publishers." It's just not. I mean, you get so many rejections. Um, in truth, it was during the first lockdown, and uh, as I said previously, I hadn't necessarily planned to do anything major with this. It was me just writing and mm-hmm. enjoying it. During the first lockdown, I thought, I, t- I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start trying to get a literary agent. Um, that's my plan. Brilliant. So we started contacting loads of agents mm-hmm. and, um, and I got a few, I had three come back and they said, right, we really like it. We want to read the full manuscript, which I since found out that that is a huge, um, a huge tick, a really good yeah. sign. They want, they want a full manuscript. I didn't realize at the time. Um, so that was great. And, um, I threw in a few wild cards. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to throw in a couple of wild cards. Let's contact a handful of publishers. Um, thinking nothing's going to come of this, you know, absolutely not. Um, sure enough, uh, Crystal Pete came back to me and uh, got in touch and just said, "We really, really like the first chapters of this. It's very, very different. We've never read anything like it. We don't have anything like it." 
and we she actually said to me um nikki who is she's my editor she's mm-hmm. she's just wonderful nikki said uh I, I i love it and i just actually want to read the be- the rest of the book genuinely um so yeah she read it and uh, she came back to me very truthfully and said absolutely love the story think it's wonderful um However, it's going to need editing. It's going to need work, which obviously it, it was going to. Mm-hmm. So my advice to every writer, get your, your story edited professionally because the difference it has made and the learning curve, you learn so much. You know, you think you know so much about grammar. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, you <laughs> really have a few eye-openers. You think, well, I've been doing that for years. Um and uh yeah so so she we went through the editing process she gave me all the tips i redid it it was a long process it took it took months um and then she came back and said right yeah we're ready to offer you a book deal and so the rest is history <laughs> but that's absolutely wonderful what a wonderful uh, progress you. to hear as well um i, th- I think to be able to go to a publisher and have them come back and say we want to we want we want to read this book it's just such an encouraging situation to be in and as you say it's not till you find out how other people find it difficult that uh in terms of process that you realize that maybe you've gone in leaps and bounds compared to other people um so i I totally understand that as a as as a situation i think that's absolutely wonderful um thank you so much we're gonna talk about where we can find uh, your book now so you can find it as happystatenovel.com if you go to the website there uh, you've got links to amazon and waterstones uh, to be able to or- order the book through there's instagram you've got you're telling your story via instagram which is happy state the novel uh, on instagram as well uh, and there's a uh, also your own um, sam fitz author on twitter that people can find uh, details about you as well is there other ways that we can find you uh, they're the main, the main, the main ways ones. at the moment. Yeah, they are. Fantastic. Yeah, just uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to get to grips with Twitter, uh, with um, TikTok. TikTok. You said, you said <laughs> when we were emailing, you'd said about TikTok. I've yeah. li- I've literally done two TikToks uh, in, so in one one in like April and then one in June, and I'm a bit like, <laughs> what am I so? I know what I know what <laughs> I should be putting on, but then seeing those things to put on is another story because if i just sat in the studio and did tiktok in the studio i'm sure people would just be like what is he doing so i'm i'm very aware of finding spaces to be able to record things in uh and luckily in this in a city like birmingham you go out and you see things run really weird random things all the time and and that's what generates the stories out on tiktok so I can imagine when you're sat there thinking, right, what am I supposed to be putting on? It becomes that journey uh, all by itself, I guess. Oh, God. I mean, TikTok, there is so much scope. The talent that can come off TikTok yeah. is is unbelievable. But I think the problem is, I think to myself, I'm from that generation where, you know, I, unlike my mom's and my grandparents' generation, they had no technology. So no. to them, they sort of just dip in. That's all they need to do. Yes. I'm from a generation where I had some technology, but now I've got to go over to uh, the, you know, really delve in. Yes. I, I think I, I kind of feel like um, that generation, if you were born in the 70s, we, we've had a, I feel like we've had a really hard time with it. We're the ones that have got to just throw ourselves in and just try to get to grips, unlike yeah. the youngsters who just know what they're doing. Um, they're, they're unbelievable. They spend hours on it and create these... Uh, 
wonderful, amazing videos. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you wonder how they find the energy to do it as well. Because I, I, I always find that I look at them and think, how have they managed to sort this out as well? Uh, so that's that's wonderful to see. Samantha, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us about this today. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.